Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. That is always a good sight and a good sound to hear everybody so happy to see each other. It's a blessing, really. So today, if you're following along in the reading plan, and I hope you are, we come to the end of the Old Testament. And if you haven't been following along in the reading plan, you're, you're only about seven months behind, and that's okay. Uh, but, but now is a really good time to jump on board with the reading plan. And uh, if you don't have one, or if you happen to lost yours, because I know how it is, there's some in the back on the table as you go out today. Just grab one of those, and even if you don't plan on using it, slip it in your Bible, because it is a good reading plan, and you may pick it up one of these days. But there's no need to wait till January to start your reading plan. Pick it up today, and, and let's go through the, at least the New Testament together through the end of the year. So this week, we're going to be in the final book of the Old Testament, a little book by the name of Malachi. And as we've traveled through the Old Testament, if you think back, I was just thinking about it this week, we have come so far from when we started in the book of Genesis, and we've seen so many different themes from creation to the fall of man and sin just wreaking havoc on God's creation. We've seen kings and conquerors and devastation and then rebuilding and triumph and tragedy, but just all of this stuff. But all along the way from Genesis chapter 3 when we talked about the fall of mankind and sin coming into God's creation, I don't know about you, but I've just sensed this longing, this this desire from, from not only mankind, but it's like just in all of creation is groaning for something to happen. And we see that. We see this eager anticipation taking place. And now we've, we've gone through the rebuilding of the temple, the resettling of Jerusalem, the walls have, have been rebuilt. And now we have this prophet by the name of Malachi who speaks during the days of Ezra and Nehemiah who we've talked about recently. And Malachi brings the closing remarks of the Old Testament. What a, what a task, right? To put a, put a an end to everything that we've, we've talked about so far. And in closing, in closing out this great period of prophetic uh, history and all the things that we read about, he not only has to put that to an end, but he's preparing the way. You think about this. God is not going to speak through anyone for the next 400 years until we see people like John the Baptist come on the scene. And Malachi is the one that's preparing even the way for John the Baptist. So what do you think this guy is going to talk about? Really two things. One is judgment and one is the love of God. Now this morning, as much as I really want to talk about God's judgment, I think we'll talk about God's love. How does God love? Look at Malachi chapter 1. If you would, we're going to read the first five verses. Malachi says, and if you don't know where it's at, it's right before the book of Matthew. Malachi says, a pronouncement. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. Folks, you want to highlight this right here. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you ask, how have you loved us? 
Wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? This is the Lord's declaration. Even so, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. I turned his mountains into a wasteland and gave his inheritance to the desert jackals. Though Edom says, we've been devastated, but we will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of armies says this, they may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked country and the people of the Lord is cursed forever. Your own eyes will see this and you yourselves will say, the Lord is great, even beyond the borders of Israel. Now, that I know, listen, Malachi is one of them Old Testament prophets, right? But there's some love in this. We're going to dig the love out of this, okay? First of all, who is Malachi? Let's talk about that. There's some interesting thoughts about who Malachi actually was. Some scholars think he was just another prophet that, that, whose name simply means my messenger and who wrote during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. But there's some other Jewish scholars that believe Malachi could have possibly even been Mordecai himself from the book of Esther. Some think it may have been a, a pseudonym or a false name for Ezra the scribe. But whoever Malachi was, we know that he wrote uh, and ministered after Haggai, after Zechariah, during the time of Nehemiah. I'm going to try to stay away from all these names this week. Last week was enough, right? But he wrote specifically to God's people, to the Jewish people who'd returned from exile, from the Babylonian captivity. And even though the temple was rebuilt and the city was rebuilt and it seems like everything's headed in the right direction, the people still gave in to their sin. Can you imagine that? And so Malachi addresses this very directly. And even though many in Israel may have doubted this, he reassures them, look, God loves you. And God loves you greatly. And maybe that's somebody here this morning. Maybe life has done what life does and it's, it's caused you some chaos. It's caused you some heartache. Maybe you've made some mistakes and you've had to face the consequences. And I want to remind you today, very simply, God loves you. He does. The people ask, God, how have you loved us? And Malachi goes into a discussion that goes, if you remember, all the way back in the book of Genesis talking about the story of Jacob and Esau. And the first thing I want to point out from this this morning about the way that God loves is God's love is first and foremost unconditional. God chose Jacob over Esau. That's what he says here. God foretold, if you remember the story before they were even born, that the older would serve the younger. And God's choosing of Jacob over Esau was not based on anything good in Jacob at that time. If you remember, for most of his life, Jacob was a pretty rotten character. One of my favorite characters. I'm not sure what that says about me. But I, I love Jacob. I love his story. But he was not a very good person for most of his life. But still, God loved Jacob and he chose to bless Jacob. And his love for Jacob is actually a reflection of God's love for his people, for the nation of Israel, who he would unconditionally love all throughout their history. Remember on Wednesday night, we're talking about, we have been talking about the book of Judges and how these people just keep sinning and sinning and sinning and failing God and turning their back on God, yet God is there every single time they fall loving them and providing a way of salvation for them. His unconditional love for Israel is also reflected in His unconditional love for me and you. Now God's unconditional love, I think, is best seen in the cross of Christ. It's where that thought, if you've ever thought this thought, that, you know, maybe I'm just not good enough for God to love. 
I'm not deserving of what God has to offer. I, I don't deserve to be saved. That thought stops at the cross. You know why? Because the truth is, none of us are. None of us are good. But God doesn't love the way that we love. And I think that's why this is so hard to grasp because we typically, let's be honest, okay? Most of us typically love on a conditional basis. But God's love is completely unconditional. Can you imagine, just think for a minute, Imagine God trying to, to love conditionally. To all the way back in eternity past, just sitting there thinking, okay, that one's going to be good enough. That one, not so much. Tom, prob- probably not. Tyler, nah, maybe. <laughs> Clarify which Tom, right? And he says, okay, I think Jesus will just die for those who who are going to be good enough. But the Bible says that God didn't choose to love us that way. Instead, His love is not based on any condition in Tyler or any of the Toms out there or anybody else. His love doesn't wait for us to do something to deserve or to merit His love. He He loves us unconditionally because God Himself is love. C.S. Lewis says, He loved us not because we were lovable, amen to that, but because He is love. And the Bible says that God demonstrates that He proves or He reveals His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has chosen to love you. Do you wrap your mind around that. God Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the holiest of holies, has chosen to love you, the sinners. Of sinners. I made that up. You get my point though, right? He's chosen to love you. You can't earn it. You can't unearn it. It's unconditional. Now, that type of love is hard for us to understand because there's no other love like God's love. That's the same thing we see here is God's love is not just unconditional. But it's unparalleled. There is no other love like it. God chose to love Jacob. He chose to love Israel. In His love for them, He cared for them. He fought for them. We've talked about all these stories over the past almost seven months. He provided for them. But not only that, He told them, I'm not only going to bless you. What else did He say? I'm going to bless those who bless you. And then I'm going to curse those who curse you. In other words, I am completely for you and on your side. Too often we may choose to love someone and we make it conditional, whether that be in a a marital relationship or a friendship or whatever else. Uh, But we will love to a certain extent, right? And we'll love until those conditions that we've set in our mind are no longer met. And then once those conditions are no longer met, our love runs out. Our love stops. That's as far as it can go. And I think perhaps the closest thing to God's love is probably that relationship between a parent and a child. Loving that son or that daughter. But God doesn't just love us because we're His children. He chose to love us when we weren't His children. And then He made us His children. He adopted us and brought us into His family and continues to love us. Really, folks, in ways that most of us are incapable of loving. Myself included. Because our love... I'm speaking from personal experience. Our love can run out of patience sometimes. Our love can run out of kindness 
But God's love is not like any other love. The Apostle Paul says that God's love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. His love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. And God's love never fails. Now we sang about the reckless love of God this morning. And from God's point of view, nothing that God does is reckless. But I still like the song, and here's why. From our point of view, His love for His people is completely reckless. It's crazy. It's, it, 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 he, he loves us in ways that we can't comprehend, and in ways that we don't even know how to practice. And, 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 and to our standards of loving, God's love is reckless. And what, what kind of person would leave the 99 for the one? What kind of person would give love over and over and over and over and over to somebody that not only doesn't deserve it, but rejects it time and time again? What kind of person sacrifices the closest person to them who didn't deserve punishment for a multitude of people who were far from them that deserved all the punishment? That's our God. And that's the way that He loves us. There is none like it, and folks, there is none better. The third thing we, run at, we, we learn is that His love never runs out. His love is unending. Sometimes showing people love, man, it can be exhausting, brother. It wears us out. It, 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 just, it just takes a toll on you. But guess what? God doesn't get tired of loving. His love never runs out. Malachi shows how God chose to love Jacob, how He chose to love Israel. He talks about how Edom was destroyed and that even if they rebuild, God says, I'm going to demolish it because they're cursed forever. Now, the, the other way to look at that is if those folks are cursed forever, then God's people are blessed forever. That there, there's, there's no end to His love for them there's, there's, because it's not conditional. It's not something they've earned. And it's not going to run out. Love is simply what God is. John tells us that God is simply love. And if love is the character of God, then God can't run out of love because that would mean that He'd have to change His nature. And guess what? God's not going to do that. He loves. And this is an important truth that goes along with God's love being unconditional. And it's so great because many people feel, and I think the devil tries to, to make you believe this lie, many people feel that they've exhausted every ounce of God's love for them. So they, they think, man, I've just done too much, or I've wandered too far, or I've told God no too many times, and God can't love me anymore. Listen, nothing could be farther from the truth. We have to try and grasp how big God's love is. You ever, you ever think about that? Now, I, I love my kids and I love my family. And, and uh, man, I, I, I think about how, how much I love them. And I think, how much God loves me? And most days when I look in the mirror, I, I just I realize God loves me more than I love any, anybody else. And it kind of puts me in my place. God's love is just the sheer magnitude of it and the scope of His love for me and for you and for mankind is just so overwhelming. 
like the song says. And it never fails. It never runs out. It never runs dry. Someone once said that God's love is like the mighty Amazon River flowing down all this water to water one single daisy. We're a bunch of daisies, church. It's better than me calling you a bunch of pigs a couple weeks ago, right? A bunch of daisies. Point is, though, His love's never going to stop. It will chase after you. It will go before you, and it'll be there when you arrive. Lastly, we see the final truth about God's love. I like this. Is God's love is unstoppable. Malachi says that the people will see, and he says the Lord is great even beyond the borders of Israel. God's love doesn't just stop at a national, national boundary. And as we go into the New Testament next week, we're going to see uh, over and over that God's love doesn't just stop with a bloodline either. It's not just for the Jew. It's not just for the Gentile. It's not just for good people. It's not just for this race or that race. It doesn't stop with status. It's not going to be stopped by man. It's not going to be stopped by the devil. God's love can't even be stopped by your poor choices. It can't be stopped by anything this life brings on you. His love is completely unstoppable. Now, how do I know that? The Bible says it. Listen to this. What what did Apostle Paul say? He was one of the most undeserving people of God's love, a persecutor of Christians, a murderer. But he was an incredibly religious man with no love in his heart until he encountered the love of Jesus. You know what he had to say about this? He said later in life, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. And he thinks about it for a minute, and in Romans 8, 37 through 39, you might remember these verses, he says this, he comes to the conclusion. He says, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him who, guess what? Loved us. He said, we are more than unstoppable, unstoppable because of God's love for us. In verse 38, he says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love can't be stopped. So today I want, to, I want you first and foremost again to know God loves you. If you've ever doubted that for a second, He loves you. And I know that's hard for some of us. One, because we think we're unlovable, but He still loves you. It's hard for some of us because we don't understand that kind of love we've never experienced. And it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it. I just want you to know God loves you more than you can ever even begin to fathom. It's hard for some of us because we've been through some hard things in life and we think, man, how can a loving God allow me to endure this kind of stuff? Listen, just know without a shadow of a doubt that God loves you and nothing you're going through in life can separate you from that love. You say, preacher, you don't know me. You don't know what I am. You don't know what I've done. I don't need to. God knows every bit of it. And He still loves you. And He wants you. And He chooses you. 
And he made a way by, get this, sending his son to die for all of your sin and garbage. Just so he could have a relationship with you. He loves you that much. Isn't that incredible? Stand together as we close in prayer. Father, this morning, I thank you so much for this incredible love that you have for us. It's a love that it changes our lives, Lord. It's a love that can never be taken from us. It's a love that we can't earn. And as we said, we can't unearn. You just give it freely. You pour it out on us, Lord, but it never runs out. God, the only thing that stands in our way of your love is us accepting it. And God, if that's someone here this morning, God, I just pray that they would find the faith, find the fortitude, find the courage, God, to just accept your incredible, amazing love today. God, it breaks me when I think about the way you love Tyler Shields. And not only me, but you love us all that way, Lord. That you allow Jesus to bleed and to suffer and die for us just so we could have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that someone would experience your love today and it would change your life forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. morning if you need to come and pray if you just need to talk to God a little bit if there's a decision that you need to make why don't you come this morning as we sing a song of invitation maybe you've been holding on to something this morning you just need to give in to God's love just let him love you and get rid of all that stuff that you've been clinging to and let God's love change your life today why don't you come as we sing Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.